You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Tuesday to you all. You're back with a new episode of Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I'm your man on the ground as a whole publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And yeah, we're back at a regularly scheduled time. I wanted to do it earlier. It didn't happen that way, but at least we're getting one in. We're going to talk football today. There's a couple things that I think are worth talking about. Number one is a... It's it's like a week old, and I wrote about it yesterday, but Bill Connolly from ESPN put out his returning experience uh, list of all every college football team. Three that didn't play, obviously, didn't get included. But I want to talk about that because I think that's really important. I talked about it on uh, Locked on College Football earlier today. We talked about it. Uh, and then we'll talk about Adam Shibley opting to transfer what I feel like it might mean and where Michigan linebackers, the core is going forward. So anyway, uh, quick pause to yell at the dog, trying to get into stuff while we're podcasting lays there all day long and then start podcasting. She goes nuts anyway. So let's get to this list. Now let I should have let the list from last year guide me a little bit more than it did because this list came out last year and Michigan was ranked 125 out of 130 teams. Now, granted, Alabama, 126, won it all. But that's an outlier. 127 is LSU. You look at the year LSU had. Not good. Usually teams that are are, are pretty good tend to be those who have a lot of returning experience. It's, it's not a hard and fast rule. It's not exactly 100% scientific, uh, but it is what it is, right? So we're going to try to see if I can look up 2020 because I just kind of decided that I wanted to do that. But uh, in, in at least in 2021, Michigan is 49th, I believe. I, I don't have it up again. There, now I do. 49th. I would have thought it would have been a little higher. It has them returning 70% of the defense, which I guess that makes sense. They lose a couple players defensively, gain some defensively, and 77% of the offense, which, I mean, really you're losing Nick Eubanks and you're losing um, Chris Evans and Zach Charbonnet as being primarily offensively. Everyone else is back. So I would have thought that number would have been higher. But it is what it is. When you look at what 2020 was, like I said, Michigan was 125. I actually had it a little bit off because I thought Alabama was 126, and they are not. Kansas is. LSU is 127. I was correct on that. Alabama was actually 88. So some of these things change. And, of course, like Ohio State was 93 and still managed to get to the championship game. So, like I said, not a hard and fast science. Clemson was pretty far down the list as well, 96. So Alabama, 88, Ohio State, 94, Clemson, 96, 
Notre Dame being the other one last year is what? I don't know why it's not showing. 83. So all four teams that made it were low. Oklahoma was a lot better eventually, 82. So, I mean, talent definitely does something for you. But, like, it, it shouldn't be a surprise that Minnesota wasn't very good, right? Like, in the end. They were 86th in the country in returning experience. But you look at the at the teams at the top. Not all of them were really good, but you can see why some of them were. Northwestern. Why was Northwestern so good? Well, they were number one in the country in returning experience with 84%. Number six on offense, number 23 on defense. USC, I think only lost one game, number five in the country. Oklahoma State was pretty good this year, number nine. Indiana, obviously, ended up being really good, number 11. Rutgers ended up being pretty good, number 15. Texas A&M ended up being really good, 16. Of course, there's some of these schools that are in this top group that were not very good. Texas, number 21, I mean, they got a heck of a lot better. Uh, but, I mean, that that's something of an outlier. Illinois, not good. Louisville, not good. Nebraska, not good. Those are all top 20 teams in this. But for the most part, a lot of these teams that, we're talk, that we talk about being really good this last year were in that top metric. Wisconsin, not very good. 34th. Like, Iowa is not up there. Penn State actually had was 47, right around where Michigan is this year. Iowa State ended up being pretty good, 52. So, like I said, it's not a hard and fast science, but it can kind of give you an indication where a team is. Iowa was 101 and ended up being the hottest team behind Ohio State by the season's end. So this year, I think some of the unfortunate things is some of the teams that you'll see this year are ones that ended up either that you would expect to be pretty good up near the top, or were pretty good. Wisconsin at 14, for instance. Indiana at 24. Um, so, I mean, there, there are some of Michigan's opponents are in that upper echelon. Like I said, Michigan's 49th, and that is one of the more experienced teams. Penn State is 37, so they still have a lot of experience. So, I, I, I whereas... You look at that Penn State game and you say on the schedule and say, well, maybe Penn State's overrated. I always feel like they are on a yearly basis. If, hey, if Michigan's overrated, guess what? So is Penn State. They don't get talked about in that light. Even when they were losing this year and they were 0-5, it's like there there wasn't the surrounding fervor around Penn State even compared to Michigan being 2-3. and three. So it's weird how narratives work in that light. But nonetheless – there are some of these schools that Michigan will be facing that have some returning experience, and there's plenty that don't. doesn't bode well for a team like NIU, who's 63. Probably doesn't bode well for Michigan State, who's 64. You know, it doesn't bode well for Rutgers, who's 82. So there's a lot of teams that Michigan will be facing this year that are pretty far down on the returning experience list. And if you don't have superior talent, like Ohio State is 121st. They're near the bottom. They're like where Michigan was last year. 50% of their experience is returning. All depends a lot, too, on who's your quarterback. Do you have a returning quarterback or no? For Michigan, technically, they probably do. 
if it's Milton or uh, McNamara starting. If it's J.J. McCarthy, it's a completely different deal. Unless he's just that much of an upgrade. Ohio State, what's C.J. Stroud? We don't know yet. We'll find out. When you look at like Notre Dame, 123rd in the country, brings back 49%. No more Ian Book. Where are they going to be? Northwestern, probably not going to be very good this year. 126th in the country out of 127 teams in returning experience. Only 34% from started from the top, now we're at the bottom. That's me trying to emulate a Drake line poor, very poorly. But that's where they're at. So I think it's interesting. Let's continue this conversation on the other end. Uh, before we do, though, i got to tell you a little bit about rockauto.com. Now, one reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like mortgage, food, vacation. Why would you spend 30 50 100% or more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts and customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so uh, I just find that really interesting because when, you, especially when you look at a lot of these positions. Now, one area that I have a concern, if you want to break down what Michigan is, they have more offensive pieces returning than defensive. That defensive number is dwindling a little bit more day by day with some of these people who have opted out. You essentially have lost both of your middle linebackers from last year. You lost your Sam linebacker. You also lost one of the defensive ends. Now, things are obviously changing with Mike McDonald, new defensive staff, all that. So who knows what it'll end up being as far as that's concerned. But still, I mean, it's, that is a middling group. The offense, much higher than that. The offense should be ahead of the defense, whereas that doesn't normally happen. Now, you hope that happens in some light. But you also hope the defense, despite the offense being ahead of it, is better than it was this past year in general when it was ranked, what, like 88th or something like that in the country. Used to Michigan being a top 20 defense at worst, if not top four. It's obviously not what Michigan was. Will things change? Will Michigan be more of a 
top 35 defense and a top offense, I mean, if that happens, that's fine, right? Because what Michigan has been trotting out has been more of a top defense and a not-so-great offense. Now, some of the numbers are skewed for some years. You look at 2016. I know I bring up that year a lot. That offense, again, was ranked somewhere around like 79 or something like that, if memory serves. And that wasn't because the offense just wasn't that good. It was just that by halftime every single week, Michigan wasn't really trying to do too much. Michigan wasn't out there like Ohio State tends to be and still just pouring on points. It was like, all right, we're up 21 nothing, so let's let you know or 28 nothing or whatever so let's just get to 45 and call it good it wasn't trying to be more prolific in this and the numbers actually don't bear this out which is weird because i was remember looking up the first half compared to the second half nonetheless the scoring offense was incredible but as far as total yards is concerned it wasn't anything to really write home about let's see if i can pull that up real fast because I think that's that's an interesting point. So 2016, total offense. Michigan, overall, 58th. So I, I was off by 20-something spots. They were in the upper half of offenses. Uh, doesn't look like I can look up per half like I thought uh, here on CFB Stats, which I, is my personal go-to site. But that's, uh, that's what it was, 58. Well, so our scoring offense is concerned. Michigan was 11th. Michigan was one of the best scoring offenses. They were scoring, on average, 40.3 points a game. So it, it's kind of like, all right, who cares if they're not getting the yards, they're getting the points. When you consider some of those other teams that were in the playoff that year, they were just three spots behind Washington, who was number eight. Uh, they were ahead of Ohio State. They were ahead of Clemson. They were ahead of Alabama. I think that's the four that we're in, right? Washington, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. So that Michigan offense really had some stuff working for it. Uh, let's go to 2019. 2020, I, I know that's what we last saw, but that's not kind of what I want to be behind here. 44th, that's not where you want to be offensively. Of course, it's going to be way worse this last year. 66th, so middle of the pack, essentially. 28.3 points a game. You want to be more in Ohio State land. Ohio State scoring offense last year was 41 points a game. The year before, Ohio State was 46 points a game, number three. Ohio State the year before was number eight, 42.4. The year before, number six. That's where Michigan needs to live offensively, scoring 40 points a game. If you want to be elite, you got to score 40 points a game. And then, on top of it, defensively, when you look at where some of these teams are, it might not be one of the best teams defensively, but I think just to kind of, again, set up the whole idea, you don't need to be, as long as you have that offense, you don't need to have that defense, right? Notre Dame, I know its offense wasn't as good. 25th ranked defense. Alabama, 32nd ranked defense, and that's the national champion, right? Uh, as far as Clemson and Ohio State... Uh, Clemson was 15th. Ohio State off uh, defensively. Uh, I can't even find them right now. Michigan was 84th. Ohio State was 59th in the country defensively, giving up 
440, sorry, 401.6 yards per game. So you just kind of got to live somewhere in the upper half defensively, which Michigan did not do this past year, obviously being 84th. Only given up 30 more yards a game than Ohio State, but no offense to speak of. You look at some of the teams, other teams they played, Indiana, 43rd. Um, Penn State, 17th. Wisconsin, 5th. So you, you pair a really good offense with at least a solid defense. You've got something in today's modern college football. I don't think you can do it the other way because you look at the top defensive teams. Let me just roll through the top 15 defensive teams. It ends with Clemson. But you go Army. What did Army do? Marshall. Marshall was pretty good this year, but, you know, they weren't going to do anything. San Diego State, West Virginia. West Virginia did nothing in the Big 12. Wisconsin did nothing in the Big 10. Air Force, UAB. Iowa actually did pretty good this past year in the end after losing the first two games. Texas A&M, there's your... There's your one team with the top defense that really excelled. I'll give it to Iowa, too, but Liberty, BYU, Georgia. Georgia is just anemic offensively, right? Like, if Georgia had an offense, we'd be singing a completely different story about what the Bulldogs are, but we aren't. Cincinnati, 13, they had a pretty good season. Georgia Southern and Clemson. So none of those veritable powers that be, or even those teams that we talked about, were in that top, top, top group. Iowa State was really good at 21st defense. Northwestern was really good, 22nd. Um, Oklahoma, weirdly, 29th. Ended up being pretty good eventually. Took them a little while to get going, but they got there. USC ended up being pretty good with a 40th ranked defense. You just need to be in that upper third of college football defensively, but you need to be in the upper quarter, if not higher, offensively to be that team that goes to that next level. So that's what I see. Uh, so will Michigan get there? I mean, a lot of it will depend on what kind of defense they're trotting out. And I, I think it was a blow that they lost Adam Shibley of the transfer portal today. Let's talk about that here momentarily. First, obviously, bet online is the way to go for your betting needs, betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, the NHL, they're all in full swing. Betonline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, bet on anything, pretty much. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to betonline.ag, sign up today, Put in promo code locked on. Get that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so in case you missed it, Adam Shibley ended up being starter in a couple games with injuries to Cam McGrone out uh, from Michigan. He was a former walk-on. He was on scholarship this last year. Went from a special teams guy to being a, a guy that, that got a lot of play. 174 snaps in uh, in five games out of the six. There were two games he didn't really play much, Minnesota and Indiana, but he had 34 snaps against 
uh, Michigan State, started and played uh, against uh, Rutgers, and started and played, uh, or didn't start against Rutgers. He went in pretty early. Started and played against Penn State. Maybe he did start against Rutgers. I don't, I don't remember the timeline. Uh, I had a tweet that I thought was kind of weird. Someone saying like he wasn't very good, which I think is what you know. You get that vitriol from, hey, this guy's leaving. You want to think it's either the worst thing that could happen to your program or it's no big loss. I mean, I thought watching him live that he was pretty good. Uh, I thought that he played really well for the most part. That Penn State game, an outlier, but that was an outlier for most of the defense. As far as uh, how Pro Football Focus sees it, they also thought he was pretty good in four of the five games. Penn State game got a really bad grade, 37.8 out of 100. But otherwise, in the games that he, he was in significantly, the other two, 89.2 89.2 against Michigan State on 34 snaps and 79.1 against Rutgers. Really good at run defense in those two games. Terrible against Penn State with a 27.7. Tackling was what really cost him in that game because those last two games or the last game he missed five tackles. That's all. That's where he missed all of his tackles. He has five missed tackles on the year and he missed them all against Penn State. So that is not exactly an ideal situation, of course. But when you take a look at, uh, let me see if I can if I can do this easily here. And I might not be able to. Yeah, I can. Overall, Adam Shibley, your number eighth best defensive player on the team, on the season, according to Pro Football Focus. Naturally, Quiddy Pay won out. Then Aiden Hutchinson. I don't think that Nakai Hill-Green counts that much. He played in one game for eight total snaps. So he's number three. Daxton Hill was number four. Hunter Reynolds, number five. Uh, Gabe Newberg, only 45 snaps, but he was number seven. Jamon Green, number uh, sorry, Gabe Newberg was six. Jamon Green was seven. Adam Shibley was eight. So... He was ranked ahead of Chris Hinton, Carlo Kemp, Donovan Jeter, Brad Hawkins, Josh Ross, Vincent Gray. A lot of these guys that we saw quite a bit. So, uh, I do think it's a loss. But here's the thing. Maybe it's a sign when you see like any linebacker decommitting or even defensive linemen decommitting or transferring. You have to feel like part of it, part and parcel, is due to Mike McDonald switching to a 3-4. Again, I don't know what it's going to look like yet. But, you know, could could you put Aiden Hutchinson as an outside linebacker? Possibly. You might want to stand him up. Gabe Newberg, do you want to stand him up? You might. Taylor Upshaw, you might stand him up. So there's, granted, those are outside. This guy played inside. But at least it could show you that there's some machinations happening. Like we talked about the Viper. Maybe they're they're essentially taking defensive ends and saying, like, you know what? We're going to have two defensive tackles up front, one defensive end, and then we're going to take two other defensive end types and make them outside linebackers. There's a lot of different options. Now, you have different kinds of defensive ends, right? Like you have your Jalen Harrell types. You have your David Ajabo types that were 
already those tweeners. So that kind of makes sense. But maybe you take, like I said, maybe you take like an Aiden Hutchinson and you put him back there. But now, as far as the depth, otherwise, it's it's pretty barren, right? You didn't really bring in a score of linebackers this past uh, this past recruiting cycle. You brought in a couple. You brought in Junior Colson, who you know could be an early contributor. Never like to rely on a true freshman right out the gates, but nonetheless. Uh, you also brought in Tyler McLaurin, who was really good at Illinois, but. Again, don't necessarily want to put him in there. You got some guys from the year before, from Nakai Hill Green, who in eight snaps graded out really well on Pro Football Focus. Uh, obviously, you still got Josh Ross coming back. You've got Cornell Wheeler out there for you. Do you bulk up a guy like Makari Page or even R.J. Moten and say maybe that's another inside linebacker and you still have other guys like Anthony Solomon, William Mohan, Michael Barrett. Lots of guys that could be those different players. I don't even see Michael Barrett on this list. Yeah, he's way down there. After having a really solid start in the season, Michael Barrett was very middling on his year. He actually played well against Penn State, according to the grades. But nonetheless... Could it be a sign of how things will go? It absolutely could. And to that degree, it's kind of hard to say, all right. It, he just might not be a fit for what they're trying to do. Like, he's a bigger body. He's not that fast, necessarily. It's certainly the type of guy that could play linebacker at a high level here. Or, you know, potentially the NFL if he steps it up with more time. He was really good as a high school player out of St. Ignatius in Ohio. Let's remember. But, yeah. We will see. Um, there's a lot to work out. That's the big thing. That's really all I got. So, tune back in tomorrow. We will do it at the same time, probably. Around 7 p.m. And I'm sure we'll be talking a mix of football and basketball. No plans as of yet. But we will have it when we have it. All right. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.